Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Program right here on Voice America, America's Voice, voiceamerica.com, the place to tune in and hear wonderful inspiration. My guest today is one of my favorite people, Paula A. Marshall, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Bama Industries. And Bama makes uh, the apple pies for McDonald's as well as Walmart and and pizza uh, dough for Pizza Hut, a lot of the crusts. And they now have Bama Pie, Bama Foods, Bama Frozen Dough, and under her leadership, Bama has expanded to provide a wide variety of frozen desserts and baked goods to fast food chains all over the country and all over the world. And this is a family-owned business. It started on her grandmother's kitchen table in, I think, 1938, and she has really taken the helm since 1982 or 84, and she's also the author of four books, Most recently, uh, she co-authored a book called The Executive Entrepreneur, but she's also authored a book that I think really speaks to Paula's philosophy, and it's called Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business, and that's what she's done. I mean, her employees are not employees, they're team members, and Paula is so aware of um, employees and, and, and team members and their needs and customer service and it's, it's pretty remarkable, and so I'm very happy to bring Paula on as my guest, um, a recorder, and welcome, Paula. Thank you very much, Patricia. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's always fun to have you on. You know, I have to say, um, I know I say this all the time, but it's, it's pretty remarkable, your philosophy. I know that you have worked with the Deming philosophy, but I was there, I was in Tulsa where your headquarters are, and so many of your people have been with the company for years and years and years. And you really are there for your team members. So talk about how this philosophy started for you. You know, how you began to adapt this philosophy of it's all about customer service, not just for our our outside clients, but for our internal customers who are our team members. Yes. Well, it started when I started uh, working for my parents. Uh, My father always uh, talked to us about quality and was always focused on it. It was a hallmark of the, the products that he made and the pro- the amounts of ingredients that he put in and what he what he wanted his products to taste like, et cetera. But he didn't have the background, nor did I, when I first started stepping into the business, of how to build quality into a product. And mm-hmm. uh, through some big mistakes that I made, uh, which I do talk about in my book, uh, Finding the Soul of Big Business, and also my other book I wrote, which is... Um, uh, sweet as pie, tough as nails, and uh, you know we had a series of really horrible events uh, from a quality perspective. Uh, much like for a car maker is a re- national recall of a, of a car. Well, for mm-hmm. us is uh, producing a lot of products that our customer rejects all at the same time. And so, through a lot of relationships at McDonald's that I had built over the years. Uh, they introduced me to a gentleman by the name of Dr. W. Edward Deming. Dr. Deming had been working uh, since the middle 80s, and now this was like early 90s, for the U.S. car manufacturers because uh, they had found themselves in quite a slump. They were closing plants. All their plants were losing money. They were coming to the government for bailouts. I don't know if you remember, but Chrysler, et cetera, Mm. a lot of different ones were coming for bailouts. Uh, at that time, um, you know, they didn't know what they were going to do, and so someone suggested that they go over and and benchmark with the Japanese and find out what they were doing to build such wonderful cars for such low prices. Mm-hmm. And so when they went over, they learned about a lot of different things that the Japanese were doing, uh, like quality circles and, and trying to, you know, um, redesign the cars with less defects and things like that. But <clears throat> what they missed was, all the teaching that Dr. Deming was doing in the background with the Japanese to teach them how to build quality into products for a very low cost and a very high quality, and at the same time, 
treating the team members with respect and dignity. So that really didn't sink in for the U.S. car manufacturers until they did a um, national public radio uh, did a study on if Japan can, why can't we? And they featured Dr. Deming in the uh, in the series. Eventually, it was taken up uh, by PBS on television, and it swept the country. And then all of a sudden, everyone wanted to find out who this guy Deming was mm-hmm. because he was being heralded as the savior of uh, the you know the U.S. car market. So uh, I got, I was fortunate that I was able to go to one of his seminars in 1990. And at that time, he was already 80, 80 plus years old, still mm. doing five day workshop for thousands of mm. people. Wow. It was incredible. Wow. And that's really, and it was and a life changing experience for me. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing I want to ask you about all that is what we're going through right now because we're going through. You know, we're still going through COVID, right? I mean, even though we have the vaccine, now we have the variant, and now we're still, people still don't. You know, there's such a controversy about should we have the vaccine or not? And I think people are confused. People are still scared. They're still not sure. And there's been a lot of isolation last year, um, Paula, because of this. You know, again, people working remotely, people not feeling connected. Talk about how all of this has affected your team members at Bama and kind of what you've done to help them get through it. Yeah, well, we formed early on uh, when, you know, we started hearing, and I just want to say we have plants in China and also in, in Poland and in the U.K., and we started hearing about the Wuhan virus back in the fall, way before mm. it came here. I mean, our, wow. our, our plants in Wuhan were getting shut down, and we were hearing about this horrible you know, influenza that was taking over and killing a massive amount of people. So we had already known about it, but we, you know, we never suspected that it was going to not be contained within the country, much like uh, many of the other viruses that have come from China as it related to SARS and, and, you know, Mm. avian bird flu and other things that have happened over there that have come to, you know, become global epidemics. This one has a more deadly feature to it. And so when it started being discussed here, um, Early, early on in March, we started forming committees at, at the at the company, <clears throat> COVID task force forces at all of our facilities. We we were taking temperatures very early, and we started uh, wearing masks way before the uh, you know the, the state of Oklahoma even uh, requested it. But mm. because it was taking over in food plants in America, and U.S. meat plants were getting infected at very high rates. And people were caught kind of flat-footed. They didn't know what to do. They didn't have all the medical equipment. No one had the right mask. No one had the right gloves. No one had, you know, enough of anything. And people were just getting sick. And, and I mean, mm. I think Tyson Chicken had over 100,000 cases in, mm. in all of their facilities. And we were very proud of our teams. And then when things <clears throat> got going pretty much in high gear, we instituted um, high-speed temperature machines that people would walk through. And unless it set off, uh, you know, so this was much faster, much more accurate than taking people's temperatures at the door. But at, at that point, we also decided that we wanted to minimize the number of people that were coming in the facilities. So we asked our people who could work from home, to start working from home, and that was in early part of March. Now, this didn't start affecting us until about the third or fourth week of March, and Mm. that's when all of our customers were shutting down restaurants. They were, you know, starting to furlough uh, restaurant Mm. people, and then at that point, we had to have a furlough. Mm. So we went down from 1,200 team members to about 700. Patricia, mm. in a period wow. of about two and a half months, mm. but it, we ha- as we did it, we tried to do it as humanely. We tried to do it face to face. We didn't mm-hmm. send anyone an email and tell mm-hmm. them they were terminated. We never did anything like that. 
Mm-hmm. So we we met with everyone. We told them what the situation was. We furloughed people at first, and then much later, we came back and we rehired about a hundred of those people. But we're still today about 25% down from where Mm. we were. In terms of um, your productivity or in terms of your people or both? Uh, We're we're down 25% in our revenue, Mm -hmm. and we're probably running closer to being 30% down in team members because at this point today, we cannot get people to come back to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the hard part. I would think, though, Paula, that the fast food (laughs) industry in general, you know, McDonald's, um, Wendy's, would also kind of be thriving during COVID because you could just go to the window. Right. Right. um, They're thriving because people want to eat there, but they've been running their restaurants on six and eight people because the, the people that work there just won't won't come in. So a restaurant normally would have 22 to 24 people in it, inside of it. Mm. So they're running with six to eight people. So they immediately launched a very pared down, uh, called limited menu. Um, Mm -hmm. they took off a lot of the low volume things. Thank God for Bama. All of our items, made it onto the limited menu, so we Mm. didn't see any drop in volume there. Um, But the amount of people from being set at home and only being allowed to go to the grocery store for the first couple of weeks of the pandemic caused a lot of confusion, and a lot of people thought, well, McDonald's is closed, but they didn't, or pizza, they were doing pizza delivery, so we saw a spike in our pizza business, but a a drop in our McDonald's. Just, it was very weird what what happened. And then, of course, you remember when you were going to the grocery stores, you saw all the stocks of supplies at the grocery stores were, yes. were completely yes. empty. Yes. Yeah. Right? So yeah. all those people were all of a sudden going to the grocery store and buying all this food, which once the food got eaten up and once the food got, you know, um, Gone, you know, was consumed at the home. They decided they wanted to start going out again, and they only went to restaurants where they could drive through, or right. pick up, or do a right. DoorDash. Right. Unfortunately, right. of the million restaurants in the United States, only about five hundred or six hundred thousand of them had the ability to do a drive-through, mm-hmm. or do a text-in order, or a DoorDash. Right. But, but so that- people who didn't, yeah, all the little restaurant chains were just sunk. Yeah. So it was really fortunate, really, for Bama, and and in that sense, certainly, because, uh, you know, your food was needed because people were going to the the large fast food chains, basically. Yes. Yeah. The places where they knew they had a drive-through and then they could get in and get out. And and, and knew what the food was because, you know, it was always the same reliable food. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're talking to Paula A. Marshall, who is the CEO of Bama Industries. They make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for fast food chains like McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut. And um, we're talking about COVID, and we're also talking about, you know, how, how do we get through it and how have her team members gotten through it as well. So we'll talk more about that when we come back. And also we'll talk about how you speak to your team members, your employees about this and how you encourage them. All right. Because uh, of the isolation that's involved with COVID as well as communication. All right. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice. We'll be right back. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. 
Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. are listening to the Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And today my guest is Paula A. Marshall, who is the CEO of Bama Industries. They make uh, many of the fast food desserts, including apple pies and pizza dough and pizza crust for Pizza Hut, Walmart, and McDonald's is one of their major clients. And Paula uh, took over the company in 1984. It's a family business. Her grandmother started it in 1938, and then her father took it over, and then Paula became the CEO. And she's the author of four books, um, and her most notable to me is Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business. And she really does that. I mean, she really cares about her team members and uh, such an exemplary CEO in terms of, you know, one of the best companies to work. Welcome back, Paula. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, I mean, before we go into this again, I do have to share this because actually I have to tell you, and I'm going to say this on the air, I do a lot of corporate webinars, which I have told you, and I mention you in these webinars. I, I mention you, and I mention the name of your company, and I say, I, I will tell you what I say. I say, because we, we, we talk about communication and open communication and what that looks like and how you can, you know, how you open to your employees, your team members, and how you listen. So I, so I tell them about you and your company, and I say, say to my to the people on my webinar I say well I said I have a colleague and friend and I tell them about Bama that it's in Tulsa and I say to them I went there to give a webinar I'm to give a seminar and it was wonderful and I said to Paula's executive assistant I'd like to see Paula's office and he said sure it's over there and I looked around and I said where is it and he said you're looking at it and I said really and I said, and it was this beautiful room with, with you wouldn't know it was an office. It had couches and a computer and desks and chairs all around. And I said, it was like someone's living room. And I said, that's what Paula does because she wants her people to feel like they're equal and they're inclusive. And so I go on about you and I'm telling that to our audience because I think it's really, um, I mean, I don't know any other CEO who has an office like yours, Paula. <laughs> Well, I don't even think about it because uh, a lot of times I'm with uh, big groups, you know, uh, four to five people because we we hardly can ever do anything by just one-on-ones, you know, because we have a lot of systems and there's always got to be a lot of input to everything. And I love the diversity uh, of my team. I love hearing from them. I love getting the input from them. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, you know, uh, what I do, and and uh, I love seeing the light bulbs come on. I love seeing people yeah, take the yeah. take up the mantle and and run with it. Yeah, well, and that's where the creative ideas come from. So, how have you um, utilized that now? You know, with people, with your team members that might be down, might feeling anxiety. There's always going to be anxiety around uncertainty, and we've had so much uncertainty. You know, and and they your team members could be affected by a health issue or by a relationship issue or by a money, a financial issue. And even if they haven't been, they have friends and family who have. So how have you kind of recognized this and and helped them in some way? Well, in 2000, uh, I think it was 14 or 15, um, I, I, I saw the need. I realized that we had, you know, people 
that were helping people, but they were spread out uh, to among all the facilities, and nothing was really coordinated. We didn't have a helpline. We didn't have a one-stop shop where people could go to get, you know, to get what they needed. And so we opened up what uh, we call the Bama Caring Center. Uh, we had a building that we owned, and we remodeled the inside of it. We we made a couple of classrooms there, so we also do do some training there. And in addition, we have uh, a full-time therapist, a psychologist, a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> we Wonderful. do uh, financial counseling. We have credit counseling there. Uh, we have, I mean, and all of these appointments of these folks, and, and they work, some days they work over, uh, you know, they come in at 10 and work till 7. Some days they come in at uh, 6 p.m. and work till 2 a.m. So they're there at the at the caring center uh, almost a 24 hours a day operation. Mm. And we have subsequently started one of these uh, in in Europe, and uh, it's a hotline and people can call and we have we have help for them there. And um, you know we we have a, a hotline for people to just let us know when uh, something is. Is going on in the facilities. If, if it's not right, if there's something that they need to need to tell us about, uh, you know, there's a one eight hundred hotline that my attorney monitors, and uh, we follow up with all and any issues uh, within uh, a very few hours. And I like I like uh, invest I like everything investigated, especially if it's a health and safety issue or an accident or anything like that. But obviously, the people who go to the counselors and the lawyers, it's a private. I have no names. I don't know who goes in there. All I know is that the counselors, uh, there is this, um, my director of people systems, Kim Owens, who you know, she runs the uh, caring center. And they, uh, you know, they go to her when they have uh, need to change hours or need to move things around or, or, or something like that. But we'll have any any. At any one week, we might be serving anywhere from 40 to 60 to 70 people in the caring center with any kinds of credit issues, uh, you know, any kind of legal issues from divorces to uh, drug court to, uh, you know, adopting children, grandchildren, to any kind of question that you might have on your immigration. To, I mean, when you start thinking about it, if we didn't provide that, think about what my team members are having to do. They're mm-hmm. having to make, on their lunch hour, 30 minutes or 40 minutes or 10 minutes for a break, make calls to an attorney, uh, try to run people down, try to get things done. And then when they get uh, someone to meet with them, they're going to spend three to four to five hundred dollars. Right. And it, this is this is one of the number one. I just did uh, our roundtables every year. I go out and do do roundtables with with uh, a, you know a different uh, section of people every every year, and uh, it's always the number one thing that comes up on my roundtables is things that Bama does well. Um, mm-hmm. I ask two questions at my roundtable, and one of them is what does Bama do well and what does Bama not do well. Well, the the roundtables. Are meant to bring up a lot of things, issues that people have if if they're not heard at the plant level. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm there to make sure that that their issues get heard. And um, over the years, this has created quite a, a culture change in Bama because That's you know great. I've been able to say to my managers and supervisors that if you don't take care of these problems for our people and I'm going to have to take care of it, you know, then we need to sit down and talk because your number one job is to help remove these obstacles Mm -hmm. that people have so that they can have a productive life at Bama and so that their life is as easy as it can possibly be because the work is hard. You know, the work at Bama is hard. Our plants are all, you know, 40 degrees to 45 degrees. People have to wear refrigerated clothing and boots and, multiple pairs of socks, and sometimes it's a wet environment. Sometimes it's, you know, there's things, equipment has to get broken down and, and think people have to get dirty. So we want their their lives around them to be as positive as possible. Yeah, that's uh, it's amazing what you're doing. And, and that you have those people on staff. 
you know, the psychologists and the therapists. Um, have you found that? Well, the way been- I look at it, Patricia, if you yeah. look at a P&L in a business, you're not going to see all this pain and you're not going to see all this. But what it shows up at in your company is absenteeism, uh, problems, you know, coming to work, getting to work, uh, transportation issues. Uh, People have gambling issues. They have sex addiction. So you're seeing it in the productivity of your staff because, they're not present. They're not there. They're right. they're oversleeping. They're overtired. They're 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 not right. focused on the work because they have other issues that they're dealing with. Right, and that's, so that if you basically look at all the kind of how much money people spend that's on right. filling new jobs, absenteeism, poor productivity, right. and things like that. I look at this as an investment in people right. that is so low. There's nothing else I would rather be spending money on. Yeah, it's so true. I wish more people felt that way because it really, you're right, the cost is in the bottom line. You may not see it, it may be, the number may not show you, but it is because, as you said, it's lack of productivity, it could be mistakes, it could be, and that caught all that costs. And, and people Yes, and, and people's every- attitudes when they don't sleep or when they have a lot of problems that they can't seem to solve when they're going through a divorce and there's child custody issues, they need someone to talk to. Well, how productive is a person who's going through a divorce? I mean, I've known lots of people. I've gone through a divorce myself, and I'm I'm depressed, you know, because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the judge is going to do. I don't know what the ex is going to say about me or what they're going to tell my kids, and then I'm going to hear it. You know, when I pick the kids up and and those issues cause us to be either a happy person at work or grumpy or mad. And that goes out onto our coworkers and also um, our customers a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, that's why we try to do these kind of courses, um, you know, through employee assistance programs to make people aware which is what you're doing yes. and you have that. Yeah, that's why, because And the you're programs educating. that you teach, you know, the Covey 7 yeah. Habits, it's a, yeah. It's yeah. a life uh, blueprint, you know, it's Absolutely. how to live a great life. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break on that note, and then we're going to continue to talk to the amazing Paula A. Marshall, who was the CEO of Bama Industries. Um, the journal record in 2020 in Tulsa um, released their Power 25 issue, and she was ranked as Oklahoma's number one CEO within the manufacturing industry. She's uh, with more than three decades of leadership at her Tulsa-based companies, and then she has one in Poland, three in China, and two in the UK. And it's it's pretty amazing what Paula has achieved. And so we're going to talk more about that. We'll talk more about relationships and communication uh, when we come back with Paula Marshall right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. 
Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And today we're talking about a lot of things about effective communication, about how COVID has affected us, how it's affecting workers and employees and team members. And we're talking to one of my favorite people, uh, CEO Paula Marshall of Bama Companies. They make all of the uh, apple pies and food desserts for Walmart and McDonald's and Pizza Hut. They make the dough and the pie crust. And in October of 2020, the Journal Record in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where their company is housed, released their Power 25 issues and named Paula Marshall, CEO of Bama Companies, the number one CEO within the manufacturing industry. So, I mean, that, that's really, really exciting. And, you know, again, what began as, as a humble pie-making operation has grown into a global business that supplies some of the world's largest quick, quick-serve restaurants and retailers. So, and, um, you know, many of the, these ships products are shipped around the world. But also, Bama does a lot of charitable giving, too. They contribute to Food on the Move, Ronald McDonald House, YWCA, and American Cancer Society, and many, many more. So welcome back, Paula. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, one of the things, I do want to talk more about communication, but one of the things your company is very strong with, and really pretty much always has been really strong with, um, is the whole concept of giving back, you know, of volunteering, of being philanthropic. So if you can talk about that a little bit, all the different things that you're doing. Well, my goodness, <laughs> there's a lot. So um, the the two things we have decided, to, the two big categories that we've decided to, to focus on are is is hunger in food deserts in our in our uh, state and uh, children's issues. So anything to do with kids and education of kids and those types of things. So we are we have. Uh, Launched along with some other folks here in Tulsa, a uh, event that happens every every week called Food on the Move, which of which we have donated over a million pounds of vegetable and other foods that we uh, are, are donated in bulk quantities from big box stores and the food banks and other things, and we break those uh, crates down and put them in small boxes, and then we have hold what we call Food on the Move events. Um, one of my partners is Taylor Hansen, and he was kind of the brainchild of, of this. And he has um, every once in a while come out and his band, the Hansen Brothers, uh, sing for these events because there might be up to a thousand to two thousand cars that come mm. through in a in a two hour time frame and open their trunks. We put the boxes in, and away they go. So we actually wow. had had a uh, you know, a, a non-touching um, event going on before COVID actually came, but it became even more. We had even more people coming for the boxes uh, every week because we we had a no contact um, uh, system there. So you know, we we've done that. It's been over. It's been very successful. Been over a million pounds of food, and uh, you know, mm. we partner with other local um, people doing things with education and and have donated to the Tulsa education, but also to, uh, you know, some of our friends who are opening private schools here. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're very... We're we're very generous with all the all the, the top tier educational facilities we have around around Oklahoma. So those are yeah. kind of our two areas that yeah. we focus on, along with some other things like the Salvation Army. I've chaired the Salvation Army board before, and wow. Uh, wow. you know we have some um, you know have done some pretty big events with domestic violence and other things like that. So we 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 try to we try to get around and do as many things like that as we can. 
Well, and I think it's even so important now because I think one of the things that people are struggling with is is parenting. I'm seeing I'm doing more and more webinar webinars around parenting. You know, it's it's difficult with COVID, and because our kids are in school, then they're not in school. They're homeschooled, right? They're working remotely, and then they may go back to school, and we don't know if they'll have to be home. So, I think anything we can do to help parents and families during this time is even more important. What do you think? Oh, I agree. Yes, and my and and people in my company too had had lots of you know childcare issues. And one person was working one shift, and then another person came, and they were flipping back and forth with the with the other parent in the house or the grandparents or whoever was taking helping take care of the kids during the day. And it's a you know it's a it, it became during COVID a, a, a team effort, and mm-hmm. at the same time everyone got kind of locked into their houses so that sort of forced it to be a team effort and I think the good thing about what happened uh, during COVID that I've heard when I've talked to a lot of folks is that they grew closer with their families now yes some people yes. who have you know problems multiple problems with alcohol and drugs and other things that you know we're living in a a one-year hellhole with, you know, a lot of domestic violence or violence being perpetrated on the kids. So mm. that part, you know, was some of those stories that I've heard have not been positive. But I think for the most part, people pulled together and they tried to make sure their kids got the education. But unfortunately, many people don't have the skills. They They couldn't possibly... Uh, you know, hold down for it with three or four or five kids running around with only one parent in the home. And and I think those are some chronic symptoms that happen throughout our society these days anyway. But well, I do think, you know, that, that kind of the general consensus has been that American children have fallen behind by, you know, as much as six months, maybe a year, Um because people just couldn't cope with it, you know. They just tried and they did their best and uh, they, they couldn't cope with it. Well, I think that's where the courses come in, the self-awareness. As you said, you have, you know, a whole caring center where, you know, people are available to help. And I think right. sometimes, you know, what we need to do is sometimes the, the team members don't reach out for help either. So that's the other thing is to be able to say to them, you know, help is there. I think sometimes people right. feel proud or they feel the stigma. I don't want to get help. I can handle it myself. And all of us can use help right now. You know, and this is very different. We've never gone through this before. So, right. um, you know, I think part of it is really making people aware that help is there and that we're all in this together. I mean, some people have, as you said, Paula, have it harder than others. Some people have real, you know, three or four children at home and they're single parents and it's harder for them than other people. But still, knowing the help is there, I think is, is and, and knowing that it's okay, that it's, it's part of all this, that there's nothing really wrong with them, that we're in a tough situation. I think that's the big right. thing. Right, I think so too. And, and I think if we can get our kids back you know, some schools here in Oklahoma never closed. You know, they just changed their way of doing things, and maybe they did one day of, of uh, you know, training online, and then the kids came the next day, and then they did it in kind of batches. So people, the school, I, I really applaud the schools that tried to figure out how to get the kids back and how to get them back in a safe environment, but they but they held school, you know, and the and the mm-hmm. kids didn't feel so lost and so disjointed. I think I think we're going to see some deep seated psychological impacts for these kids that are in school now um, that are you know going to often carry this year of kind of solitude and being away from their friends and being away from their peer groups. Uh, you know how this affects affects them and has affected them. And um, I, I think it's yet to be seen, you know, what, what the whole impact is going to be. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think we, we have to just stay so aware. Yeah, right. I think, right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I talked to some uh, ladies down at Bama that were <laughs> that are single that were uh, talking about the whole dating thing, which, thank God, I haven't had to be in any of that. And it's trying to go on a date wearing a mask, I think, was just a you know, yeah. a real experience yeah. that they were yeah. 
they were talking about it just being very, very strange. Yeah, I think that's hard. And I think, too, I've, I've seen, too, where relationships have kind of been pushed further more quickly because people won't go out, so they go into each other's homes, but they don't really know each other that well. So I've seen that happen, too. You know, we can't meet anywhere, yeah. so we'll just come over. And then, right. you know, and sometimes that's too soon. So Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I and especially think, if you're, you've got children, your kids are there, you don't necessarily want to introduce them to some guy you just met, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. So it is, I mean, it is a challenge, but I think, I think that's why, you know, it's so important for people to understand that we have to talk about these things and we have to not clam up, right? But be able to share our feelings and know we're not alone. And I, I right. think that's the issue because it is hard for all of us. I mean, even for those of us, Paula, who don't have, you know, some of the deeper issues in terms of the child care. We, but we still know people who have. We're still affected. We still can't do all the things we did before. Um, it, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's affected all of us. But as you also said, it's also been a positive in that it's brought people closer together. People have taken right. up hobbies, new skills, new ideas that they never would have done because they didn't have time right. before. Right. So. Exactly. And some of the, I mean, I, I know uh, I play a lot of golf uh, on the weekends, but I know all the golf courses uh, have have gotten completely full because golf is one of those things you can do outside. People love to go out inside and play tennis and pickleball and, you know, all the sports that can go on outside have been, become very popular again. Yeah. So, so really you know, nice. and people getting out for walks and, and just getting yeah. out. But yeah. I, I do think that the solitude has has had an effect on people that we won't really know for maybe even a number of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it can go either way, as you said. It either, you know, we either get more introspective and or we become more aware and then we, we create fun things, as you said, being outdoors and exercising, doing things, or it can go the other way. So it, we have right. a choice. Right. We have the choice. Exactly. So, all right. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back for our final segment with Paula Marshall right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin with the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. And Paula A. Marshall is the CEO of Bama Companies. They make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for major fast food chains like McDonald's and Walmart. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are back and we are talking with paula a marshall who is the ceo of bama companies they make all of the fast food desserts and apple pies for fast food chains like McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut. They also make the pizza crust. So you may not know them directly, but they're manufacturing these wonderful foods that you get when you go to the fast food chains. And uh, they are based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And in the journal record in October of 2020 in Tulsa, uh, in their Power 25 issue, they named Paula Marshall as the number Oklahoma's number one CEO within the manufacturing industry. And they have plants all over the world. 
They have uh, plants in China and in Poland and, uh, and in the UK as well. And they do a lot of philanthropic work uh, for charities as well. But uh, welcome back, Paula. It's always great, great, great to have you on. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, here's, a, here's sort of a, a personal fun question. And I don't know if I've asked you this. But I want you to think back, you know, because you grew up in the industry, right? I mean, you were on the floor, you know, making the pies when you were a child. So I'm sure that that's really helped you. What do you think is the greatest lesson that you learned from your father and from your mother? And maybe what's something that you have changed a little bit? So greatest lesson learned from both of them and maybe something that, you know, you learned and you did differently. There you go. Wow. That's your deep question. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a mouthful. But, yeah. you know, uh, my father was probably my um, biggest cheerleader. Uh, he, he really believed in me. It was, I felt like I was unconditionally loved. And I think my, my other family members may have suffered from some of his earlier parenting, which was, you know, to apply conditions to things. And, and I think that broke them a little bit and, and they didn't feel that they were loved unless they performed and those types of things. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people in the world that feel that way, that their parents' love is maybe conditional upon whether they do certain things or don't do certain things. And so my, my dad's relationship with me was one of just, he was proud of me no matter what I did. So even if I messed up and he used to tell me, even if you mess Bama up, it's not your fault. You know, we, we tried, we did the best we could and, and you're the person I'm picking and you're the one I want to take it on. And so, you know, we're going to live and die with this decision. And I was like, Oh my God, dad. Okay. So I think that gave me, you know, because I always felt like that there was no loss of love for my parents that I could do pretty much anything. And I think I approached the business with a more positive trusting in people uh, in a, in a, a desire to grow, to grow the company and to uh, grow with McDonald's, but to also grow with other people. My mom, on the other hand, was, um, she was very fiscally conservative. She did not like bank debt. And she also didn't ever want to, you know, she didn't want to lose control of the business after my dad retired. And so she stayed uh, the chairman of our board even after my dad retired. And, uh, you know, I always felt like my mom was my partner and we worked together and we talked about everything and she always wanted to know everything that was going on with the business. And she was always hugely interested in the personalities and the people and well, what did this one say and that one say. And I used to think that this, that it was kind of gossipy, but now I feel like that she was trying to get the nuances of the human condition. You know, my mom was, mm. she wanted to understand people and what, what they were trying to do and what their motivations were. And my dad was more of a, you know, kind of a guy who blew up if things didn't go right. And so between the balance between both of them, I think, you know, when I met my, my guy mentor, Dr. Dr. Deming, I felt like I had kind of come home because I felt like I had a philosophy that had steps to it, that had a, um, a process that I could follow that was something that we could put in place that others could learn. And therefore, I felt like I came, came around and came home. And the other thing my mother was hugely thought was hugely important, which my dad never did, but education. And so she really valued, uh, she never talked about anything other than finish high school and let's get you guys to college. Mm. But uh, none of my brothers ever graduated from college. Only my, only I did. And then I went on to get some, some other degrees and I know she was, she was really proud of that fact. And we used to talk about it a lot. I say, you know, mom, I feel like I need this, you know, I need this in case dad jumps up one day and decides to sell the company. I'm, I'm going to be 
pretty well, you know, pushed off to the side. And and she always agreed with me. She's like, yes, as much time as you have, even though your kids are little and you're doing all this work when they're going to sleep and then when they're in bed, you've got your books and you're writing papers and all that stuff, it's going to be worth it. And I feel like those skills that I got of being able to, you know, put a lot of different disciplines together um, and come out with a thesis and a theory and, and prove the theory and those types of things is something that fed my uh, interest in Dr. Deming's work. As, as he was a, a doctor of statistics. And, um, you know, I was always interested in the predictability of systems and things like that. So I just, you know, I think all of it together is kind of combined, and now I'm trying to be all of those those things in one person for my kids and and Mm -hmm. especially my two kids that are going to be more interested in what happens at Bama, um, my son and my daughter. And that, and I think that they'll, you know, I'm trying to model that for them and I'm trying to teach them those things and let other people teach them those things also uh, through, through the company. Yeah, that's so wonderful, Paula. I mean, it really is the lessons we learn and, and, you know, in the example then that we pass on, right? Because we're, we're learners yes. and we're passing those examples on. How can people yes. find you if they want to know more about you and Bama? I know they can go onto the website, right, which is Bama, Bama.com. www.bama.com. Yes, we have a very active website, and there's a, there's a link there to a video that my daughter produced and about the company and the company history. And there's also uh, a link to a lot of our um uh, our discussions, so yeah, um, they they can go there and get all the information they want. Right, right. The and there's radio also a place that they can reach out to me. That the messages will get to me. I also have a Facebook page um, that is for business, where my books are also available on Amazon, and so um, that's pretty much that's pretty much me. Wonderful. Well, and and I want to encourage people to really find the book that Paula wrote, Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of of Big Business, which is wonderful. And then she wrote a book with an entrepreneur, and it's called The Executive Entrepreneur. So it, you know, it, it, it talks about being the entrepreneurial side of the company and also um, you know, being an entrepreneur on your own. So it's wonderful. Paula, it's always an honor. I don't know if I told you or not. But uh, Jim, Jim and I are both being inducted into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame at the same oh, time this year. Oh, well, well deserved, well deserved. So I'll and make the sure and send you some of the links on that. Oh, I would love that. And also, too, your company is now about eighty-five years old, right? Eighty-six years old, something like that. Yes, yes. Oh, we celebrated our eightieth anniversary in two thousand sixteen. Okay. So, so yeah, we're coming up right. on our ninetieth. That's right. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to our next interview, Paula. It's been an honor and a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much, Patricia. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Stay on for a second. Bye. All right. Stay on for a second. All right, everyone. This wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know that you can make your dreams come true. And if you want to see all these wonderful guests, you can certainly write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com, and I can, uh, you can put, go on my newsletter list, and you'll see that every month. And also, if you're looking to do your own podcast or you want to create something, I help people do that because I'm always after getting positive messaging across. And you can like me on Facebook, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.